Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Hello and welcome to episode 109. I'm Matt Horse. I'm Dan Rhodes. And together we are Super Myths. The, the worst superhero team ever, I imagine. What would your superpower be? Oh, well, how about you choose mine and I choose yours? Are we doing this based on things that we think we're already good at or just things that I think you would want to have as a power? Well, you know what? I'll leave it to your interpretation, actually. Um, maybe as a suggestion, like maybe one of yours could be the being able to process cold milk at a fast consumption. That might be something that you might want. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Yeah. I think, I think you would want to be invisible. <laughs> okay. That's right. There's a lot of kind of bad connotations here already. Why do you think I want to be invisible? To perv on people. <laughs> that was, went route one there. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? Like as a you know, as a teenager, I always thought that would be quite cool. But as I grow older, I still think it's quite cool. Uh, I, yes, that, that is what I want. I, think I would want the ability to teleport. Yeah, I actually said this um, uh, on a, a stream yesterday. But teleport, uh, you can like get anywhere instantly. That'd be so good, right? That'd be really good. Yeah, really good. Um, okay. Where would you go with your teleportation? I think it would just be nice to be able to not have to fly when you go on holiday. So if you had like a weekend, mm. you could literally just teleport to a different city and then come back again. Like you wouldn't have to have blocked out, oh, well, I can't do that because I have to get to the airport and it's going to cost me money. Yeah. And okay. How about this as a stipulation now? You can, you can teleport, but every, you're only allowed to do it uh, twice in a year. And there's a, uh, you can only do it um, like a month apart each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I've also thought the idea that maybe people could teleport, but you can only teleport to somewhere you've been before. Oh, that's good. Like a fast, like, like a fast travel system yeah, in, exactly. in a video yeah. game. You, you, you can't get there by teleportation the first time around. You have to just get there and then set up a teleportation device. <laughs> and then... Genuinely, and uh, when I was a teenager, I I used to think that the the way that sat navs worked is that you would have to, like have to already go gone down that stream. You'd have to do all the tracking yourself. And I thought, why would you buy it? It's useless. Do you know what? As silly as that sounds, I think I had a similar thought when I was a kid. Like the idea that someone like you, your car already had to have driven down that road before to know it existed. Yeah, I mean that's. I think that would even take a lot more technology to do as well, to map it out as well. Yeah, I feel like that's harder for the car because the car would have to somehow <laughs> be mapping the road and the like, um, the topography and all that crap. <laughs> yeah, you essentially have to drive up a Google car everywhere. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to you'd have to be in like some kind of like special. <laughs> you'd have to have some form of AI in your car to be able to do that, as opposed to just some form of signal in space being like oh you're here <laughs> well um well welcome to the podcast if you have a google car and want to uh, say hello get in touch with us at missed at gmail.com
Um, Dan, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been pretty good actually. Been uh, it's, what a what a beautiful day. I don't know what it's like up north, Matt, but we experienced terrible a week. Uh, well, yesterday was lovely. I sat outside and then got too hot, and I stayed inside for the rest of the day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, do you have anywhere nice to sit outside? I know obviously you've got a lot of land, but last time I went, it was kind of in the process of, I'll be generous. Let's say it was definitely in the fixer-upper stage. <laughs> that is, that's actually really polite for you, Dan. Um, I would say looks like a tire fire nonstop. Um, but uh, actually, uh, we, uh, not to disclose uh, too much information about where I live, I actually, uh, we own a part of a riverbank and uh uh, my mum and her partner have been making like um, steps down to the riverbank, oh, and we had a we had a bonfire there uh, recently, and it was so beautiful. Uh, we just like we drank gin, we we had a barbecue, we uh, sang Oasis. It was honestly one of the best nights ever. One of the best nights ever. I, I've had very good few nights. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long lockdown for you. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, just anything with any definition anymore. Anything different in a day is a success, I think, with lockdown. You know yeah, I, mean? I would agree, actually. Yeah, if there's a day that I'm like, oh, I walked down a different street today. Fascinating. I bet you're like, wow, I get to do a recording with Matt today. This is my favorite thing to do. I mean, it's not my least favorite thing to do. <laughs> what, what is your least favorite thing to do, Dan? And can you compare it to this? <laughs> I think my least favorite thing to do is eating food in a restaurant that I don't like the cuisine of. Now, I would I would not have picked that in a million years. Okay, uh, what cuisine do you not like? And well, I'm thinking of an example where I have to go to a restaurant and neither. As you know, I'm a bit fussy, and sometimes there's food that I don't like. I, there's nothing really on the menu. I would eat. I mean, let me just say, there's a lot of times I go, most restaurants I go to, there's at least a good few things I would be able to eat, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, there surely is something for everyone, yeah. right? But particularly Mexican restaurants. Oh, you don't like them? Are they there's my favorite? very few things I eat in, like, in Mexican cuisine, or, or kind of, I suppose we have more Tex-Mex here, don't we, in the UK? The Mexican cuisine we have, it's like a, it's, like its own thing. And that kind of quintessential standard Mexican cuisine that you get here in the UK, like a lot of the things I don't really enjoy. Maybe I'll have some quesadillas. That's probably about it. But but I, I don't know how you can't enjoy it. It's just like it's cheese and like filling. It's great. Yeah, see, quesadillas are all right. Yeah, I, I don't mind them. But like things like tacos, burritos, anything with guacamole in, I hate. Anything with salsa in, I hate. Um I'm not a big fan of like, well, I really not, I don't enjoy nachos at all. Now I know you like a nachos. See, now I think this is actually our biggest differing point here. Cause like, uh, I, I'm like, I love dips. I love guacamole. Give it to me. Uh, and also like uh, chips and dips is like my favorite thing in my fourth year at uni. I, I think I exclusively lived off that. Uh, I was very fat, but it was, uh, it, it, it oh, honestly, God, it was my favorite. But I'm, uh, our mutual friend, uh, uh, Stewie, um, he once came into my room and he said, I didn't know, like, I didn't know someone could eat that, that much hummus in a day. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But see, I don't really like that. And so when, if I ever go to a restaurant like that, and this doesn't happen very often, and I think it might be because I avoid them because I don't really enjoy these situations, because I really enjoy eating out and I enjoy 
the social side of eating out. Especially at the moment as well, because I'm dying to go for like some food out. 100%. Yeah, for sure. And I don't like it when I'm in a restaurant, like a Mexican restaurant, for example, and people will be like, you know, I'm enjoying the company, of course. So I'm enjoying being there with my friends and the drink or whatever. And people will be like, oh, let's get some, let's all get some nachos to start. And I think, oh, that's really, it annoys me because I'm, I feel obliged to pay towards that because like we're all there to eat, mm. but also like it, it makes well, me feel bad that I'm a buzzkill because then I don't really, I have to be that guy that says I don't like it. And then I have the whole like, Oh my God, you don't like it. What the hell? <laughs> it, it's, it's a faff. It's a hassle. Yeah. But, it's so but, unnecessary. Whereas if you go to a restaurant that I just know I like the food of, then it, I don't ever have that awkwardness of like, Oh my God, at some point I'm going to have to admit to these people that I don't enjoy this. um but just just broadcast it on a podcast instead uh that's that's probably that's a good way to deal with it um but then also also, i can't even think of the last time i went to a mexican restaurant because i don't like it i'm comfortable enough to say to people oh do you mind if we go somewhere else where i more like like the food and and then well that was that's my question number one really like how many situations do you get in where people are forcing you to go to restaurants you don't go to you know what i mean i understand that you go out for a lot of, like cast meals and stuff like that but even so you know what i mean yeah exactly. like, very rarely i mean it used to happen more when i was traveling i think about a lot of yes. when i was in the states for example um there's a lot of mexican restaurants particularly in like um not your southern states as in like your bayous, but um, sort of like um, places near like Southern California, Arizona, places near the Mexican border. Um, obviously, Mexican food is huge. Yeah. So or Tex-Mex. So it happened a lot. I can think of quite a few places I went. Um, San Diego was definitely one of them because that is literally on the Mexican border near Tijuana. Um, there was this huge. Oh, cool. like, there was a group of about six of us, and we went on a boat party. They had this boat party in the middle of like it was just incredible like in the middle of the um, in the sea like we were jumping off. I thought you were going to say um, uh, I had a, a boat party in the middle of Tijuana inland. It was just it was crazy. Like uh, I didn't know why we were on the boat. Yeah, and everyone was having a great time. It was really merry. And then people were like, "Oh, um, we should do this like something like this again tomorrow." And I was like, "Yeah, of course." Like it's because it was like my day one. It was like my first day, like my first evening there. So I just kind of everyone had only just kind of made friends with each other, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and it was decided that we would all go to this great restaurant that everyone says is really well reviewed and it's quite cheap. It's quite affordable, but it's so good. Um, it's got an amazing like um, trip advisor and trust pilot, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's go." And then. So the next day we all agreed to meet up and we went there and I realized quite quickly that it was a like Mexican restaurant. Uh, but it was one of these Mexican restaurants where like one of its, one of its selling points, so to speak, was that it didn't have a very big menu. Like the chef was just kind of like, you know, it was like, here's a set menu for the day. And Take everyone- it or leave it. Yeah, exactly. It was like a set menu of the day start and like three courses. And it was just kind of, that's what it was. And you mm-hmm. it just implied that people went there to try this delicious food um, and, like, you just kind of got given it. But you had to pay, obviously, a set price. Um, oh, it was not a fun experience because I, I didn't like the people I was with, but I didn't really know them. I mean, I'd only met them the day before. Um, and, um, yeah, I just had to sit there and pretend like I was enjoying this, like, weird... Now, <laughs> you know, well, like a that is... 
Yeah. So funny. Just to kind of like imagine just going like, mm, this is so delicious. Like that tears strolling down your face as well. Yeah, because they were like, they're like, oh, what's the set menu today? And then the waitress is like, oh my God, guys, you came at a great time. It's a delicious pork guacamole salsa mix. And everyone's like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. And I'm there like, oh my God, kill me. Kill me. Hey, now. guess what? And just for today, for no reason, we put bananas on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just, oh, mate. And I, and I did eat some of it because I was hungry. So, and I did. And, and, but I mostly just had, a lot of they had delicious cocktails there. That's the one thing I would say. They had really good cocktails. So I mostly just had that. <laughs> you know what, Dan? Um, here's uh, I got a piece of advice for you. Like, uh, if you're kind of worried about like you know people taking you out and stuff like that, one of my remedies for this is what I do. I've been doing this uh, for a long time, and it's 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 worked wonders. And that is, I've opted to have no friends, so no one invites me out. Really, just eat by myself all the time. It's wonderful. Solo eating all That's the way true. forward. That's true. But having spent several, several minutes talking about this, I will also con- conclude that I, yeah, it hasn't happened in a long time because I'm not really in a situation where I'm going to restaurants I don't want to go to. <laughs> Especially at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. although I am, like you say, dying to get back to the restaurant. I mean, that's, I, do, I do miss that. It's the social side of things. It's not so much the food I miss. It's the, it's the atmosphere. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, we should probably get into the myth. Um, we... Um, I've got to. I've got a big old myth today, so let's hear a jingle. Nots, myths, nots, myths. Nots, myths, nots, myths. Today we are looking at two uh, heroes, Njord and Skadi. Are they heroes? I just said their names. I don't know. Um, so this this myth, uh, we've just found it, but apparently it comes after Idan's Golden Apples. And Dan, when did we record that? Um, during, I want to say, our live episode 101. Yes, that was actually, 101 is one of my favorite episodes ever, actually. It's really good. Uh, you get me... I think we're both on fire, but also I'm slightly less awkward than the first one. So I think it's nice, you know. Also, you tried to do an accent and it was racist. Uh, no, 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 that was, uh, it was, it was ill-conceived. It was, uh, it was interpreted wrongly and I'm very sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to set the record straight. <laughs> yes, uh, I don't want to go down Allegation Alley once more. Um, hashtag mass killing slash masculinity. Um, so, uh, what do you remember? Anything that happened with Idun's golden apples? Yeah, essentially, they give the gods. If you eat her golden apples, you get eternal youth. You you, you stay young and beautiful. Um, and without them, you the the curse of time Tenor. creeps upon you, and um, you get old. And they didn't like that. And um, the, a giant mm-hmm. stole the apples, and Loki went and got them back. And um, well, I think. Uh, Idin was captured, though, wasn't she? She was uh, kidnapped. She was kidnapped by a giant. Maybe I should say that. Uh, and uh, they turned to a hawk at some point, or a, a paragon falcon. That happened as well. But I think the, the important thing is that um, this happened after Idin was kidnapped. Uh, I think it's like a success. I'm not sure if, uh, how much it goes into it or not, but it's it's in that um, timeline. The gods got the golden apples back, right? Yes, uh, everything's back to normal, but I think this just comes straight after it, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah. Okay, I'm excited. Okay, um, let's uh, let's get cracking. Beyond the girdle of flint grey water and the loveless lava flows, beyond the burning blue crevices lay Thrymheim, the storm home of Skaldi and her father, Thiazi. Uh, it was a wonder uh, that the hole withstood the char- charges of the wind and the batteries of hail. And now I think we've come across Thiazi before. I think he's a giant. Uh, he's the one. Is he the one that catches Idan? Yeah. Yes. That's it. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Thiazi wasn't there. He had gone in pursuit of his prisoner, Idan, the goddess who escaped him. Skardi waited for them to return, and as the sun slipped over the horizon, the sky in the west seemed to catch fire and blaze. Okay, <laughs> the sky's on fire. The white knight dallied and yielded. Another dawdling day passed, and still Thiazi and his captive did not come back. Then Skaldi was alarmed and thought the gods must have ambushed him. Even as she waited, she knew in her heart she would never see her father again. Skaldi's pale eyes gleamed. She grew cold with anger, then icy with fury. She swore vengeance on his murderers. Dun, dun, dun. Skaldi walked from chill room to chill room in Thrymheim. She donned a coat of mail and a helmet and chose the finest of her father's weapons, a sword engraved with magic serpentine patterning, a spear with a shaft of ash, um, which I guess is kind of useless. Imagine trying to stab someone with that and just poof. Um, a circular shield covered with hide and inlaid bird uh, with birds of prey, gleaming gold eyes and gaping red beaks. So she's got all this armor, then she sets out for Asgard. So, so, uh, she... so, I mean, I was following along all of that, but the reason I went quiet is because I'm a bit confused. So who is Skaldi and what is she doing? <laughs> I'm so, there was no. exposition about what the, the day was like that I didn't really understand why she's angry. I'm confused. <clears throat> so you're confused by the first paragraph and stop listening. <laughs> uh, so what happened was that um, Thiazi went out to, uh, he turned into a hawk and went back for Idun. Because she left with Loki. Right, I'm with you, of course. And we know, obviously, from episode 101 that he, he gets killed by the gods. Yep, so absolutely. For him to come back and doesn't realise that he's dead in Asgard. Yeah. Right. And he, she yeah. realises well, that, I'm so she's like, right. We were in the timeline, and I was like, well, what? <laughs> so, yeah, and now she's going to go hunting for gods. Because she's like, oh, my dad hasn't come back. He must be dead. They've got it. Now, yep. We know that. We obviously know that that's happened. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. So she's going out with um, her father's um, stuff to uh, to attack them. So yeah, there's kind of like um, a revenge aspect here, and we don't we do see revenge quite a lot, but this is like um, this is quite a nice origin myth to go like, yeah, I'm out to get them. And also, we don't really see consequences in the actions of gods and stuff, because most myths end. And this is a nice kind of, you know, a consequence, you know. They killed her father. What happens next? Now that Idun walked among them again, and the giant Thiazi was dead, now that they had recovered the apples of youth, the Aesir were carefree once more. They were aware of the clement sun as if they had never felt it on their backs before. They listened to each note of each bird call and watched every grass blade growing. That sounds I fun. I felt at peace. What was that? Sorry? That sounds fun. Watching some grass. You know what? 
it's, it's lovely. You know, I, they, they have to respect lockdown rules, but you know, I think it's, it's good. Um, they felt at peace with themselves again and with at peace out with one another. It's quite sweet, isn't it? It's sweet. Yeah. They're happy. Because, well, they're happy because they're young again. They know they're not going to get old. They're very jealous. That's pretty, I, I kind of like it because beforehand they were like, you kids get off my lawn. And then they have an app on go. It's like, yeah, shut up, granddad. Yeah, party. They're very, yeah, they're quite shallow, aren't they, in this instance? Yeah, no, they're shallow in every instance. I missed that whole bit at the beginning, but yeah, now I'm sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so ha- if you were um, Scardy, um, which god would you try and take out first? Well, Loki, probably, because he's the one that ultimately turned, got my father to come back as a bird and die. And, uh, okay, yeah, well, I think that's a good shout, um... When Heimdall saw Skadi, how are you saying it, Skadi? Skadi, Skadi. When Heimdall saw Skadi nearing the walls of Asgard and raised the alarm, the gods had no wish to see more blood spilt or to prolong the feud. Some of them gathered and met the giantess and asked her, "Will you take gold for your father's death?" Uh, what good would that be? Asked Skadi. Have you never heard of my father's wealth? When his father, Olvaldi, died, he and his brothers, Idi and Gang, came into a gold hoard. They measured it out in mouthfuls <laughs> as so as to share it fairly. And whatever belonged to my father now belongs to me. No, I will not take gold. What will you take? Asked the gods. A husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Said Skadi. And she looked long and bolder, fairest, most gentle and wise of the gods. I'll settle for a husband and a belly full of laughter. Oh, bless her. She just wants a husband and a belly full of laughter. She don't want gold. She don't want material wealth. She wants to kidnap someone. She's got back home, apparently. Weird unit of measurement, but it's what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Imagine, like, measuring our gold and mouthfuls as well. Being like, all right, all right, we've set up this brand new bank. Uh, you have eight mouthfuls of gold in your account. <laughs> Why is it so wet? Well, that's how we measure it. Yeah, I want to measure it fairly, so uh, I'm going to use a unit of measurement that's always accurate. Mouthfuls. <laughs> Especially for giants as well. And we've come across different oh, sizes of giants as well. Make sure they're like, shut up, okay? I've already I've, I've put it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, like, it's kind of like an annoying older brother, like, licking all your stuff, so it's theirs. You know yeah. I mean? When the gods conferred and agreed that Skydy could choose a husband from amongst them as payment, they did, however, make one condition. Oh, God, where's this going? You must choose him by his feet, said Odin. Until you've chosen, that is all you'll be able to see of him. Holy shit, it's naked attraction, but not style. But just with feet, you have to guess by yeah. the, guess your husband, your future husband, based on how nice their feet are. Skadi was not unwilling, fair, and Odin arranged for all the gods to gather in a courtyard so that the giantess could make her choice. Shielding her eyes hey. more but the gods' feet, Skadi lost no time, but at once chose the most sharply fair of feet, <laughs> believing that it would naturally belong to Boulder, the most handsome of the gods. A good choice, said Odin. Okay, can we talk about this? Because this is mental. Like, uh, imagine like imagine like a Tinder for feet as well. Like, oh, hot feet, hot feet. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, size 11. Okay. Well, I like the idea is it says she she was not unwilling, which actually to me yeah. sounds like she's gone. I fucking love feet. Let's go. <clears throat> yeah, she's essentially the Quentin Tarantino of the Norse universe. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> Come on, that's not bad. That's yeah, a good joke. Bad. That wasn't bad. Scarlet quickly looked up and gazed into the friendly, knowing eyes, not of Boulder, but of the Lord of the Seafarers and Sea Harvest, the god Njord. His oh, god. weathered, and he had the clear gaze of one who has spent long at sea. He even smelt of salt. <laughs> okay, so she's been properly shattered here. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, that's the important thing about Njord. Yeah, but like if you if you went to like each like cubicle and like you go, oh, what lovely feet, and he smells of salt. It's like, oh god, like I, I, obviously he's not going to be bolder if he has like a fish in his pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel bad. That I'm guessing she's about to look up. He's going to be like, ah, I can't wait to take you home. And she's like, oh no, what have I done? What have I done? I'm really <laughs> picturing a couple of, like bits of like salt crust in his beard. Got like long <laughs> hair. He's probably never washed. He stinks because he reeks. And it's just been at sea. Oh. And like, I think it's quite clear that they, I imagine that the gods have a lot of unpaid debts that they try and do. And they, a lot of people ask for husbands and like, okay, we need to set Njord up on a date because Njord, he, he's not the best. And, uh, and Baldur's like, I am single. It's like, no, Baldur, you're a hot commodity. Let's get Njord, uh, let's get him hitched. Do you also think that secretly they all knew that Njord had the nicest feet? So it was their way of getting rid of, like getting him married? Yeah. That's exactly it. It's like, yeah, just wash your feet. Like, just do one thing. Like, Yar, matey. That's funny. Scardy was startled. She stepped back, and her icy look killed Njord's smile. I thought, she began. Think carefully, said Njord. Remember the words you speak now are the beginning of a marriage. I've been tricked, said Scardy bitterly. You might have chosen Loki replied Njord, unperturbed. So you have your husband, then? Said Odin. A fair reward for your father's death, many would say. Indeed, the better of the bargain. You've forgotten the laughter, hmm, said Skadi. That's easily put right. Skadi shook her head. Since my father died, I've been brimming with anger, or been drained by fatigue. I'll never laugh again. Where's the trickster? Said Odin. Loki stepped forward, rather less jauntily than usual. He wondered whether Skardi knew that he had not only helped her father steal the apples, but helped the gods to recover them too, and so brought about her father's death. Yeah, there's nothing, like, she's only just arrived in Asgard, and, like, her dad has just died, and they're going, hey, you know who's going to bring a lot of mirth? The, the murder of your father! <laughs> you know, like... That's what uh, that's what they did at the comedy store all the time. Are you ready for this? It's Charles Manson. <laughs> can you make this lady laugh? If anyone so, can, you can. Said Odin. Do you want to do your Essex voice for yeah, Loki? Not I, sir. Stammered the sly god, as if he was some peasant standing in before the high one. Not before I've told you what happened, sir. Loki produced a long leather thong from behind his back. Just like, hey, baby, it's time to use this. It was this like is this. Odd. Oh, sorry. It was like this. I was going to market and I wanted to take that goat there along with me. Loki winked at Scardy. You know how goats are, don't you, lady? They have ideas of their own. Loki stumbled across the courtyard where all the gods and Scardy were assembled and tied one end of the thong to the goat's beard. Both my hands were full, lady. I was carrying produce from the market, so I tied the goat to a tegument. 
A tegument, said Scardi. Not believing it's the real world. <laughs> Lady. Said Loki. My testicles. <laughs> and he looped the thong behind his scrotum. The goat moved a little further off to nibble at new grass, and the thong linking them tightened. Oh my god. <laughs> early in the morning it was, lady. Hey, get me early. The goat suckers were still singing. The trickster cupped his hands to his mouth, closed his eyes, and made a soft, magical whirring sound. <laughs> oh! Squatched Loki as the goat suddenly yanked the thong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, that was a brilliant goat impression. Um, do you reckon that goat's at the top of uh, Igrasil? Yeah, definitely. Oak squat the goat as Loki pulled back. It was a tug of war. And when the goat gave way, it gave way so completely, bounding towards Loki that he fell backwards into Skadi's arms. And Skadi laughed. Despite herself, she laughed. And for a while, she forgave Loki everything because of her laughter. Playing the goat, said Loki, panting. Enough, said the Allfather. I have a mind to please Skadi further. Odin then took two liquid marbles from his own gown, and Skadi recognised her father's eyes. But look, cried Odin. He hurled the balls into heaven. Two stars, he said. Your father will look down on you and on all of us for as long as the world lasts. Okay, so can we just just have a quick break here? Because like she's watched a she's just been hitched up to a man she doesn't like. She's seen a god. Was it sorry? Based on his feet. Yes. Um. Then she's seen a the crypts of God get his gonads pulled by a goat. Yeah. And then he had a tug of war with a goat by his testicles. And what? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what what an achievement. Um. I mean, I I I, that's my favorite Olympic sport. Yeah. Testicle tug of war. Yeah. And uh, then you, uh, Odin has her father's eyes and throws him in the sky. This is the most mental Norse myth we've ever done. Also, I don't understand why he's like, I have a mind to please her further. Here's your father's eyeballs. <laughs> I don't think that... No, no in all fairness, uh, she, he throws him in the sky to the stars now. So, I know, uh, the, I know. With the fact that he's like, oh, I know all the hell. Yeah. He... yeah. <laughs> He's like, I also have your father's testicles. Want to have a go on gulp frong? <laughs> well, then Njord asked Skadi to go with him to his hall, the shipyard, Noatun. But Skadi said she would only live with Njord in her old home, Thrymheim. Njord is going to get his way entirely, said Njord. Said Njord. We had better agree to take turns, nine nights in one place than nine nights in other. Oh, this is so Norse. Just pick a place. Then, you know what I mean? Yes. Then Njord and Skadi left the courtyard in the kingdom of Asgard and made their way to Jotunheim, the land of the gods. They climbed over rock and scree and through sheets of snow too bright for the eye when the sun shone on them, a dreary uniform wasteland when clouds masked the sun. And the higher they climbed into a frozen world as still as death itself, the happier Skadi became. Cheery. In Thrymheim, she gave herself to Nord. That means sex, right, man? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm not an expert on it, but I believe so. After nine nights, however, Nord admitted that he had no love for the icy mountains. And, he said, I think the howling of the wolves sounds ugly compared to the whooping of swans. 
<laughs> Lovely stuff. When Jordan Scaldi came back to Asgard, he's a poet, isn't he? Jord, he's a real poet. Yeah. When Jordan Scaldi came back to Asgard and passed nine nights in Noatun, and Scaldi's dislike of the fertile, rocking sea was no less great than Jord's dislike of the barren mountains. I can't even sleep here, she said. There's too much noise in the shipyard and too much noise from the harbour. Boats putting out, boats coming in, the owner and the fish and the, mo- the mewing gulls discern me flying in at dawn from deep water. It was not long then before Njord and Scardi decided that the gap between their taste was so great that, although they were married, they must live apart. Jesus Njord, Njord stayed at Noatun and Scardi returned to Thrymheim. The giantess covered great distances on her skis. Her quiver was always at her side, and she hunted and shot wild animals. The ski goddess that crouched... <laughs> Sorry, she's the goddess of skiing now. <laughs> the goddess that crouched dark shapes. Does that make sense? Mm, I, I, no. She, she, she was newly liberated. She had a new life. Uh, I think basically she just had a whale of a time in the mountain. Yeah, she had been touched by the God of Plenty. She had yielded a little and then froze again. So she's frozen now. Yeah. Wait, I feel like we really need to clarify that last sentence because it made no sense to us. So she basically just lived out her days skiing and hunting wild animals until eventually she um, froze. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end. Right. Okay. That was weird. Yes, but I think we should. There's a lot to digest here, uh, and not just goat testicles. Let's go and figure out a score for this. How do we rank them, Matt? As ever, we we rank it on four different categories. That is life skills, uh, morals, creativity, and WTF. And I know for a fact WTF is going to be high today, uh, and I like it. But let's start with life skills, the practical things we've learned. Okay, so we learn. Oh, I think quite a lot actually. Uh, first, we were we learn how to um, get revenge. We learn how to travel. Um, we've learned like swords of ash. You had like a shield of birds of prey. Yes. Um, also, we should add that to the creativity as well. I think that's a um, a nice thing. Um, we um, yeah, uh, the fact that uh, uh, we learned how to uh, get our youth back. We learned how to um, uh, get retribution. We learned um, we learned how to uh, um, h- how to pick a husband. Yeah, we learned how to tug of war with a goat. Oh yeah, we learned how to laugh. We learned how to uh, um, forgive. We learned stargaze. We learned stargazing. Yeah, we learned how to forgive. I think that's an important. That's kind of morals as well. Yeah, I would say that's a big moral. I would say. Yeah. We learn um, how to divide time between each other, married couples. We learn how to, uh, you know, you don't always have to live together to be married. Well, we got to talk about this at some point. What is the deal with their relationship? Because essentially, I think separated. she's been they went into it. What well, she wasn't into it, he wasn't really into it. They just mutually separated. Yeah, that was a, that was a vibe, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that she's been treated out of her reparation costs because she's like, I want a husband, but the husband's like, no, I'm not going to live with you. And so she hasn't really got a husband. That's true. I hadn't thought of it like that. So yeah, I don't know. I think she, so basically she watched a grown man toke her testicle with a girl and then that back to normal, I guess. But there was at least some consolation in terms of trying to work it out. Yeah. Oh, she also went skiing and hunting. So we learned a bit about that. 
Yeah. I'm I'm thinking maybe a seven. I would agree. Okay, cool. Uh, morals. Now, I think we already covered that, but we got some I, there's some genuinely big ones here. We learned how to um, not judge people by their appearance. Um, we learned how to forgive people who trespassed against us. We also learned how to grow and move on after death as well. Uh, we also learned um, relationships aren't always nice for, for forever. You have to do what's best for both of you. Um, we also learned that, um, you know, it's important to put your priorities right and get revenge if that's so important. And also yeah. the gods, the gods knew that they should pay her back they were never dicks about it no they understood what they had done and she went looking for vengeance and actually in the end she did learn to forgive like she did she didn't have to kill anyone to, to feel at peace yeah so i actually think it's really high this one but what do you think yeah no i because like, i think that's it's only got one moral but it's a big one well actually no i think it's got lots of big morals like as i said there's lots of lots of different notes going on there like she has grown too much as a person in this one myth but also, she's come back to Route 1. But that is in itself one moral, the idea that you would just forgive. That's what she's like. That's how she's become what? a person, is because she's learned to forgive. Uh, but, yeah, I suppose. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, What? so what do you think? Eight. Yeah, eight. We're agreeing today. Well, I'm trying to be less argumentative because I would actually have argued that to be a nine, but I, uh, I know, I know when to pick my battles. <laughs> <laughs> Creativity. I think this is very creative. I will give it that. Walk us through it. Different weapons. We've got the fact that she's just waiting around for her dad to come back, and the dramatic irony, right? There's a narrative here. We, the listener, the audience, know that she's not coming back. He's not coming. Her dad's not coming back. Um, the fact that she goes so petty and she's going to go and kill these, and then she gets there and actually she, and the idea that she picks her husband by their feet, that like the idea that that is all she was happy with, like just a belly full of laughter and a husband. Um, and that she's happy with that. And she, if she gets that, she, she'll leave. Um, the idea that it's not the person she wants, she wants it to be bolder and it becomes Njord. That was very creative. The, you could really imagine that happening, right? That she's not like, she's like, damn it. I don't want a person. Um, the idea that Loki just had a tug of war with his testicles, I know it's quite WTF, yeah. but it's also very creative. Like, he could have had a tug of war without his testicles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that is a gambit, though, isn't it? Like, uh, we got to make this girl laugh. Uh, what should we do? Uh, get my testicles on a go? Yeah, that'll solve, that'll solve it. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. Like, and I just thought that was a nice narrative. I know they had the whole mutual separation, and it was a bit, and that, like, her. Uh, even her father becoming the stars, it was nice. Like I feel like there was, and like you say, there was a character arc here. She developed as a person. She's a strong woman. What number are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm thinking eight. Okay. Maybe nine? No, eight. I think it's an eight. Right, but WTF though. Right. So we already talked about the goats. We we know that's weird. Um, but there's lots of other stuff going on as well. Um, for example, um, like the fact that, yeah, um, they're getting the father's, the, the murder of the father to cheer her up. That's kind of weird. The fact that she has father's eyeballs just ready to rock and throws him in the sky. Um, we also have the fact that, um, uh, what, what else as well? Uh, she, um, there's uh, some other stuff as well. For example, like, um, I think also what's messed up is that, um, that, they 
uh, she has to pick her husband by feet. Yeah. And she gets a, a yeah. weird, a weird um, a sailor, uh, and then you also you have uh, uh, what, uh, also that the fact that they think their marriages are going to work. You go, oh yeah, let's move every nine days. Like, uh, there's a massive gap between uh, Thrymheim and Asgard. You know what I mean? There's yeah. Little, like. Because a lot. It's like, of hey, um, we should probably. Uh, I'm going to commute between um, um, my home in Ramsgate uh, to uh, Mozambique. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every nine days, we're just going to fly to Mozambique. You like it there, I don't. But then we come to my place, and I know you don't like Ramsgate, but it's fine. Um, also, it's, like, it's a lot. The WTF factor I keep thinking about is the fact that you pointed out that actually she hasn't got a husband because it's kind of failed. She's back to being on her own again. <laughs> so. There's really no gore in this, no. but in every other way, That's it's a very good riff, considering it doesn't have any dragons or mythical creatures. Or it is. It yeah. purely just it all took place, and it all took place in a hall. Basically, it all more or less took place in the same place. Um, and also, this is the only time we really see, like, genuinely, we uh, we see a god interact with their testicles publicly. You know, what I mean, this is like a Louis C.K. moment. This is like he's and also like high points for the testicle tug of war. Yeah, strong points. I, I think we can't get we have to cap it because there's no gore and there's no death. But I think right. an eight is reasonable. But uh, but I don't think we can go any higher than that. I think it's an eight. I think an eight, in my opinion. Right, let's go eight. This is a high score. So, this is a very high scorer for one that isn't um for one that doesn't like I say, considering it's only really got a giant going to talk to the gods, it doesn't really have like yeah, it's not got any mythical creatures. It's not got blood or guts or a huge journey. You know, some of them have like adventures, uh, so to speak. Um, this doesn't, so it's very high scoring. Thirty-one, I make that map. Lovely stuff, and uh, yeah, uh, that well, that was really enjoyable. Uh, thank you for that, Dan. And uh, where can people get in touch with us? They can email us at. Uh, or they can email mythspodcast.gmail.com. They can um, find us on Facebook and Twitter at mythspodcast. They can go on the Misfits page. Um, it's a little fan page we have on uh, Facebook. Um, and, uh, yeah. How can they spread the word, Matt? Uh, give us five stars on iTunes and tell a friend. Yeah. Just do it the whole analog way. Um, but, yeah, I've, um, I've had a good time. That was a good myth. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Uh, what are you going to have... Um... Well, Dan, let's finish off this podcast. But t- uh, can you tell everyone what you're going to have as your fine, uh, your first meal back in the restaurant? Oh, in the restaurant. I was going to say, where have I been? Um, probably, do you know what? Probably a steak because steak is something I don't really ever cook myself because I just fuck it up. So probably, um, yeah, probably a nice steak. Well, we'll go for that steak in my favorite Mexican restaurant. I've been Matt Hoss. I've been down roads. And we'll see you soon. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Myths. Myths.